More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This thing right here is letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Ooh, that dress so scandalous, and you know I never couldn't handle it. So you're shaking that thing like who's the ish with the look in your eyes so devilish. Uh, you like to dance on the hip hop spots. Cruise to the cruise, I connect the dots Not just urban, she liked the pop Cause she was living la vida loca She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck Guys like what, what, what Baby, move your butt, butt, butt uh, I think I'll sing it again She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck Guys like what, what, what All night long Let me see that thong Y'all are ridiculous. Zach, why are you shaking your head at this classic piece of R&B hip-hop? You've never, you don't know the thong song? Oh my God, I guess it did come on in like 2000, right? 99? You weren't even, were you born? What year were you born? 2000? 99? 98? I guess, oh, you missed a good era of life. That's crazy. You, how do you not know the thong song? Let me tell you what, this changed women's, like, undergarment attire. Women started wearing everywhere you went. And they would, women wore the thongs. And when the song came out, Oh my goodness, I weep for you, child. And please don't be at a club when this song came on. Like, what used to happen on the dance floor in our day? I come from the least politically correct, well, the baby boomers, they just used to just grab everything they wanted to. But we were not a very politically correct generation either because we grew up without parents. Our parents were in the workforce. Like we're the first generation where the mothers had to work. So we were a bunch of latchkey kids. So we were very politically incorrect. So how we used to dance, like sometimes you could dance by yourself, whatever. But a lot of times we would dance on each other. Men and women, boys and girls would, would grind on the dance floor. That's what dancing was. That is, I'm not kidding you, that's like second-degree sexual assault now. The way we used to just dance is now second-degree sexual assault, hashtag Me Too, sexual harassment. But it seems like different rules apply on the dance floor because women would grab us, and then sometimes it would be two women, and they would sandwich us men and be a woman in the front, be a woman in the back, and he just rocking back and forth, just swaying, just three people, just dance floor humping. And the thong song came on. <laughs> Get out of here. It's like a license to grope. All right. Um, 262-388 says, my husband's grandmother from Germany and grandfather from Poland moved to Wisconsin and lived on the south side of Milwaukee, told me how it was all white, then blacks moved there. 
C-Note says, sure, when you are so right about the ideology we are under, because like all things, it starts with people that is operating under it. All these systems have flaws, parts of it, too. We as African-Americans don't really understand the operating systems overall. Um, let's see what else we got. Four one four six eight eight says Sherwin. Don't forget about the role of the appraisers today. They routinely undervalue our homes, even when we are in an affluent white neighborhood. There have been several legal cases recently that we have won where the appraisers actually undervalued homes that were being sold by black families. I personally experienced that. When I moved from River Hills back to Milwaukee, I dealt with that. Ultimately, I was able to get it resolved, but it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Sorry about the long text. No, I appreciate that. I'm glad you shared your stories. And I bet the more we talk about this, the more people are going to realize that they maybe have had their values of their houses uh, underappraised. And maybe more of you have those stories. Because here's the thing. This is extremely illegal at the federal level. In fact, this violates several different tenets of not just Supreme Court precedent, okay, but the 1968 Fair Housing Act. So when you violate the U.S. Constitution and settled federal law, that's a class action lawsuit. We are a part of a class of people who have been economically harmed. And I'm not even a lawyer. And I could go to court and prove damages because, first of all, I have to introduce to the court, do I have standing to bring this case? Yes, I'm an African-American homeowner, and I believe and I've got evidence where houses that are similar to mine in a neighborhood three stoplights away are valued at more money because of the race of the inhabitant. I got standing. I can demonstrate harm. And in my standing of demonstrating harm, I've got a whole bunch of other people that have the same standing and demonstrated harm. That's the class class action lawsuit. Black people, maybe we just need to sue this country to get our reparations. They ain't just going to give it to you. We got to get it through settled law and Supreme Court decisions maintaining that it is unconstitutional to discriminate in just about any facet of housing. As long as the federal government is still backing mortgages and they do, they cannot be party to a crime of racial discrimination of home values. And from the information that I have, we are owed collectively $156 billion. I'll take mine in cash. I don't want no wooden nickels. My money. What's wrong with y'all? You owe me some money. Next time I see Joe Biden, I'm like, hey, Joe Robinette. Because, you know, that's what I call him because his middle name is Robinette. Sound like a black name to me. What up, Jay Robinette? Uh, hi, Sherwin. Joe Biden. My money. Where's my money? Well, all right. Here you go. Here's a check. No, I want cash. Black Conscious, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. But I want to take you back to what you was talking about with the uh, us coming up at dancing because, you know, that was pretty much uh, sex with your clothes on back day, back in the day. Yes, it was. Especially when there was a slow dancing. They don't even do that anymore, do they? Nope. They used to slow it down uh, at the club, Black Conscious. At the club, they would play a slow song. And, and as well as a lot of the sisters in our age had horrible backs because you remember how they used to dance and build them over and had them like, you know, you're trying to fold them over the wrong way. You don't recall that. Huh? I, I'm just, I'm not going to make mention of how I used to. Yep, I remember. Yes. They used to get folded yes. up, all right? Like, that's right, dance floor pretzels. And 
because here's another one I give you. When our parents slash mother would go to work, it was party time until she dipped back and everybody had to run out through the back door trying to pretend like, uh, you know, everything is well. Oh, I remember. Those were the days. My parents used to go, they would go out of town over my spring break. They would take my little brother and they would go to Florida, right? And they would leave me at the house by myself. That was paradise unparalleled. Oh, it went down. It went up, too. It didn't just go down. It went up. <laughs> and around and all that Man, other stuff. Man, listen. Until she make an unsurprised visit and that young lady had to run out through the back door. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the story about how I got caught, but yeah, you're, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, That's those right. were the days. I got plenty of stories of me being caught, but those, oh, those were, were the, days. the days. Thank you, Black Contest. I appreciate yep. your call. Right. Live righteous, Milwaukee. Live righteous, Milwaukee. Said those were the days. That was um the theme to All in the Family. Um. Remember the theme? Remember the show All in the Family? Of course you do. That was um, the show that started the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons was a spinoff of All in the Family. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mister, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. Gee, our old LaSalle ran great. Those were the days. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 101.7 FM will be right back. It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Four one four eight six five says, Maud and Good Times were also spinoffs of All in the Family. Really? Good Times wasn't on television before? All in the family. That was groundbreaking television at the time. The way they tackled issues of race and white flight with, you know, Archie Bunker would lament about, you know, blacks moving into the, to the neighborhood. Mike from Mill Road says, LOL, a lot of sample pack content right there. Oh, that's not me. Oh, this LOL is for me. Thank you, Mike from Mill Road and goat noise. Indeed. The caller says they don't turn the lights down and hold on to each other these days. Nope. And then the caller also says, do you mean Brother Z's playlist is void of booty music? Oh, Brother Z. Zach, you need to find some songs by Luke or what he was officially called Luke Skywalker and the two live crew. Band in the USA, 
by Two Live Crew was a groundbreaking, shape-shifting beacon of free speech. Because, you know, they tried to stifle the free speech of hip-hop. Two Live Crew had a case go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. It is now settled law. And that is when the floodgates really opened of rap becoming even more viscerally raunchy and violent because we had freedom of speech to do so. I mean, it's art, whether you like it or not. In fact, there was a God. There's banned in the USA is like it's not. You're not really gonna be in love with the lyrics, but that Miami bass music of the era was just like there was an electricity that we felt. Like we didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have all of that stuff. So a lot of the emotions that we get by scrolling through our phones, we didn't have that back in the day. We got dopamine from like real life stuff, from reality, from being out in public, from going to the mall, from talking to a pretty girl and getting her phone number and and asking her out on a date, like all that stuff, it meant more. Listening to the radio and listening for new music was a big deal. And then how we expressed ourselves as teenagers on the dance floor was a big deal. They don't do that no more. They don't do it like we used to do it. It's just so different and it's hard to describe for somebody how much the internet has changed the world. Those of us that are old enough to remember days before the consumer internet, I'm talking about dial-up phones. You were lucky if you even had call waiting or calling people on three-way. That was the original group chat. Call somebody on three-way, and then you call somebody who had three-way, and they call somebody on three-way. Next thing you know, you got 20 damn people on the phone. And yes, we used to do that. It's just so different. But when Luke's music came on, uh, I want to rock. Those of you will remember that song. But the band in the USA album by Two Live Crew, is it's a classic. I saw the Two Live Crew perform at the rave. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. If Zach adds Luke, Zach, my people is just trying to help you now with a playlist. If you add some Luke, Too Short, H-Town to his playlist, the Gen Z events he will book will have a great impact on his bottom line. Yeah, I bet it's a whole generation of kids that didn't even, that weren't even exposed to what we listened to. Like, our music was nasty. I mean, there was some violence in it, but the violence in our music had context. Tupac was rapping about what he saw, like what was going on. Like, a lot of these rappers, they all send their kids to private schools and they live out in the hills. Like, they don't live that life no more. All right. Who's this now? Two six two three eight eight says, what's your viewpoint on people being proud of receiving money back on taxes? For myself, I normally owe taxes, but I would much rather owe versus receive money back that I received no interest paid on the money that was owed to me. I really would like to break even. This was something my parents taught me to never be happy about. Can you imagine the amount of money that you can make off of whatever you receive back in taxes for that one year? Well, first of all, it's, well, it depends if you get an earned income tax credit or if you are overtaxed and you are given a refund because you are taxed at a higher rate than you should have been. And no, you're not going to get interest on your own money because the, the government is not operating as a bank. It's like if you are paying taxes, first of all, expect all that money to be used, but because of budget inconsistencies, or I don't even know what the calculus is of why we even get tax returns. I think it's based off of an estimate. Here's what we think your estimated taxes are going to be for this year. We think your estimated income taxes are going to be $20,000. So 
So we're going to take what the equivalent of $20,000 is from you per check, okay? But then your in, your tax ended up being only $15,000 because if we have, if you're in the 39% tax bracket, is that still a tax bracket, 39%? Meaning your total tax of all the taxes that you pay, save for sales tax, cannot exceed 39%. So if you add in your state tax and whatever the federal taxes are, it cannot exceed whatever that particular income tax bracket you are in. And if it does exceed that, they give you a refund. Unless it's an earned income tax credit where you have people that might receive more money back in the form of a tax refund than they even made that entire year. That's a poverty program. It's a, it's a poverty program, but you know what, all, what it also is? It's a drain on the federal budget. It creates deficits. And guess who put that program into fruition? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan used to tax and spend like a drunken liberal socialist communist. Y'all don't know that about Reagan. He was racist and a drunken liberal spender. He wouldn't even be in the Republican Party nowadays because he was pro-immigrant. He said, oh, we got to have the... Well, that's not a Ronald Reagan impression. Well, we got to have the immigrants over here doing all the immigration things. We need them for the economy. Uh, got to have open borders. Uh. Ms. Sandra says, 43% of houses were sold to investors already taking advantage and about to push the black people out. Record number of homes in Orlando's black neighborhoods bought by investors in 2021, according to the report. If black people, here's the thing. I don't think we care who we sell our houses to, especially if an investor is going to pay us more. Case in point, let's say somebody bought their house for 100000 paid that joker off. House is now worth two fifty. You're, you're selling a market for two fifty. Whoever got the two fifty get the house. Whether it's an investor, a black family, a white family, a Latino family, or a mixed race family. You bought your house for a hundred thousand, it's on the market for two fifty. Who whoever got the two fifty? You got the two fifty? I don't care who you are. I don't maybe I shouldn't act like this, but when I sell my house, I don't care. I don't care who buys it. Give me my money. You understand me? If I put my house on the market for two fifty. And I bought my house for 80000 and somebody gives me two fifty. Peace. Good luck. I hope you enjoyed it. I got a lot of years out of this house. I had a lot of memories here, but my memories are for sale. I ain't going to live in my house forever, and you shouldn't either. Don't get too attached to that damn house. When that house, because, you know, real estate values fluctuate. And if your house is, uh, the value of your house goes up, like a lot, cash, I'll get you another house, make you some more memories. All right, well, I have another story here. It's about what real estate agents do, how shady they are. I got five things that real estate agents do because we're talking about capitalism and we're talking about, you know, home ownership and how that is one way to build assets and to create some intergenerational wealth with the focus of today's show being how capitalist is inherently racist, right? How we as black people used to be capital. Now we are capitalists because we all have entrepreneurs deep inside of us because as a black person in America, you're sometimes better off working for yourself instead of working for somebody else or they can discriminate against you on the job. So we always have these dreams and fantasies of being entrepreneurs because we're profit motivated. We all are in a capitalist system, right? But just knowing that by us being black business owners and entrepreneurs, we are still participating in a system that is inherently unfair because somebody has to be making less money so that the owner of that business can be making more. So we are still maintaining a level of income inequality just by being in the capitalist system. And so that being said, black folks are able to identify discrimination and bigotry just about everywhere. And we have seen it in the capitalist system. That is why I talked about the 
the story early on in the show where black people want to divorce themselves from capitalism or it's now becoming more unfavorable because we can recognize the bigotry and the racism that's built into it doesn't mean that we still don't want to be entrepreneurs, which is a huge like irony. Like, oh, capitalism is terribly racist and there's bigotry at every single level of it. But at the same time, we are capitalists, too. But I cannot. You know what? I posted that article on my damn in my Facebook group. If you guys are interested in the things that we discuss here on The Truth with Sherwin Hughes, you can join my public Facebook group, The Forum 2, where we carry on these conversations. Sometimes I go live. It's been a while since I have, but I often post the links of the stories that I'm referencing so you guys can have the same information and you can share it and you can get into arguments with your family about it. All right, 414-737. Sherwin Hughes for mayor. You have the political knowledge and the backing of Milwaukee. Mm. Uh, no, because could I win? Eh, maybe. But once I got there, everything would be my fault immediately. Like I'd have to take the blame for the crime. I got to take the blame for you know, neighborhoods looking the way they do. All the garbage on the street would be my fault. Vacant lots that aren't being cleaned up my fault. If y'all don't get your snow plowed in a certain amount of time after a snowstorm, that's my fault. Um, any inconsistencies that y'all see in the leadership, that's my fault. You would blame me for every damn thing, everything. And that's the part that I, because even the people that don't vote for me would be mad at me. That's the hard part. Like I would get, because happy people politically don't say anything. Very few people that are happy with the leadership and happy with what the government is doing will call their elected officials and say, hey, I just want to call you and let you know you're doing a really good job. That don't happen. Happy people stay silent. They just they live their lives. right? In fact, government should operate in the background. And so people don't really pay much attention to it. They just know, oh, my life is doing I'm doing good right now. Things are going well for me. But when things are messed up and when something is amiss and when people are unhappy or they're angry, that's who you hear from all the time. So you can have days where you don't hear from a single happy person and months where all you hear from is people who are angry and complaining. And most days I'd be okay. I'd be like, okay, I understand your concern. You know what? Let me, I'll take your information now. We're going to get on that problem. I'll go turn the corner, talk to somebody else. Oh, really? Okay. You're having that problem. Okay. We're going to go ahead and take care of that. Okay. You, you're having a problem. But one day I'm fire back at one of y'all. Mr. Mayor is Garbage on my street, Mr. May. It's garbage in front of my house. Now pick the damn garbage up. You're fat. And I would just snap. And then y'all would, I'd be in a newspaper for calling somebody fat. And then the whole, all the fat groups would, would try to get me canceled as mayor because I called somebody fat saying I'm body shaming because I called a fat person fat. You can't even call a fat person fat no more. What do you call them? Skinnily challenged? Carrie, what do you call a fat person? Honestly, like, what do we call them coming from a fat person? Like, what do I what do we call me? Nothing. You got nothing. I I don't want to. Never mind. I don't know what you're saying. Probably being very offensive. Two, six, two, three, three, six says two live crew used to have sex on stage at concert. They did not. They would simulate the sex. Now that you can't do. You get arrested for that. You can't hump in public. Can you? No, you can't. Because if you could, if it was legal, people, because like that's the next most outrageous thing that people could do is have sex on stage at concerts. But I think that's illegal. Like you can't do that. Because what if there's a kid in the audience? You can't do that. 
All right, what is this here? Rodney, what is this? It was not good times that came from all in the family. It was the Jeffersons. They were neighbors. That's right. So wait, the Jeffersons were neighbors of the bunkers. And then, oh, I get it. Then the Jeffersons moved on up to the east side in a deluxe apartment in the sky high high. Oh, we're moving on up, moving on up to the east side. We finally got a piece of the pie. I'll be damned. Is that the truth? Because I don't want to Google it because I don't feel like it because it's actually something I should be Googling and I don't want to Google that. So wait a minute. The Bunkers and the Jeffersons used to live next door to each other, but then George Jefferson, who was a business owner, he owned a bunch of dry cleaners. Um, fish don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn in the grill. It took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Now we're up in the big leagues, getting our turn at bat. As long as I'm here, it's you and me, baby. It ain't nothing wrong with that. We're moving on up. I'll be damned. Okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to find this story of how real estate agents are shady, shysty, and they're crooked. And they have been privy to home sales and redlining and unfair real estate practices the entire time. So I'm going to find an article. When I come back, I'm going to share with you the five practices that you need to be mindful of that shady real estate agents are still practicing to this day, including you don't ever need to have an open house. Y'all know that? Can I just tell y'all this? Everybody in the production studio, if you guys ever sell a house, your real estate agent is going to tell you you need to do an open house. Don't. 2% of houses get sold from an open house. Just a waste of time. You got looky-loos. You got people that are not even qualified. You got your nosy neighbors. And the other thing they don't tell you about open houses is people will steal from you. Do not have an open house. Because if you find a motivated buyer, they're going to find your property and you can schedule the showing with them. Once you know that they're pre-approved, do not just have a damn open house and let people track COVID all up in your house, touching all your stuff and, and going in the drawer and stealing panties because people do that. Did you know that, Kyle? Did you know that people have their fetishes and they steal panties? If you have an open house, ladies, count your underwear. Got 22 pairs of underwear. Have an open house. Got four pair of underwear left. Steal your underwear. The truth was sure when he was be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin-Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Tune into the new 1017 The Truth business spotlight today at 3.57 p.m. We will be speaking with Fred Johnson, VP and Wisconsin State Manager for Erie Insurance, and Harry Santiago, Principal Agent and Owner of Santiago Insurance Agency, they will discuss the benefits of partnering with Erie Insurance to launch and grow your insurance company. Again, today, 3.57 p.m., the business spotlight on the new 101.7 The Truth. And tune into The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris today at 5 p.m. As Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice candidate Janet Protasiewicz joins Dr. Ken for an interview, they will discuss why you should vote for her or why she believes you should vote for her on April 4th. Again, that is Supreme Court Justice candidate Janet Protasiewicz on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken. Just keep tuning in to Dr. Ken because he got the only damn show on 1017 The Truth, according to this stuff. Tune into The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris for his financial empowerment interview with Northwestern Mutual. On Wednesday, March 15th at 4 o'clock, Dr. Ken will be joined by Northwestern Mutual Financial Advisors Erica Wright and J.B. Bell. 
and they will be talking about and celebrating Women's History Month and discussing how women can continue to break through the financial glass ceiling. That is Wednesday, March 15th, 4 p.m. on the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. All right, so I knew the real estate people would be triggered because I got a couple of them in my shirt when you're wrong. Don't tell your listeners not to schedule an open house. Schedule a showing for an individual who is approved, pre-approved for your asking price. Don't open your house up to the community. Don't do that. It's a waste of time, and there's risks that these agents ain't going to tell you. And I don't care if you real estate folks is going to be triggered because you have been an instrument, a weapon, and a tool in housing discrimination, whether y'all know it or not. You have been an instrument in it the whole time. And some of y'all are just shysty, especially this dual agency that some of y'all do where you represent the buyer and the seller at the same time. How? Houseway? How can, how can you? How? You can't. Because the seller wants to get maximum profit for their house. The buyer wants to pay as little as possible. How was one person? You can't. These are independent parties that need to be represented independently. Okay, I got the damn story right here. And this is from Remax, by the way. So this is not just some Rudy Poot story from some fly-by-night website. This is Remax, national if not international real estate company. All right. Are there tricks real estate agents play with consumers? You bet there are. In every industry, there's always shady tactics. Some are worse than others. When selling a home, some real estate agents deceive their clients for their benefit. Not all agents are like this, but it is worth knowing the strategies such as real est- that real estate agents use so you can spot them and steer clear of those agents who are not worth the real estate commission. All these things are legal, but that doesn't make them suitable for you. And it's quite possibly the opposite. Many agents will go out of their way to, quote, do the right thing. Others are more concerned about their income than what's best for their clients. These are the rotten eggs and the bad apples you need to stay away from. If you are selling a home shortly, you need to know how real estate agents will fool you. You will see why some of these standard real estate practices do more for an agent's benefit than for a home seller's. By better understanding these tactics, you can avoid the tricks that real estate agents play. And if real estate agents that are out there that are listening get triggered by this, you're a shady one we're talking about. We don't need more people taking advantage of our members of our community. And if it's real estate agents who pose to be friends and all they want to do is pad their own pockets, you fits to be exposed. You know, I don't like people taking advantage of our folks now. You know, I don't like that now. Here we go. Number one. Dual agency is awful for home sellers. Dual agency is probably one of the worst things a realtor can realtor can do for a client who wants to sell their home with dual agency. The real estate agent attempts to represent sellers and buyers simultaneously, which is technically impossible. You cannot serve the best interests of both the buyer and a seller involved in the same transaction. The seller wants to sell for as much as possible while the buyer wants to buy for as little as possible. Yet some agents will attempt to offer such a deal to clients because they get a double commission from the sale. No seller would ever accept dual agency if they knew the facts, but any real estate agent willing to try and play double agent will probably be ready to paint it as a prettier picture than it all, than it actually is. These types of realtors may use the same salesmanship skills to convince you otherwise 
implying that the agent can serve the needs of both the seller and the buyer. Be warned, they can't. In fact, in many states, laws require that a realtor serving as a dual agent do nothing to jeopardize the interests of their clients, which means the agent can say nothing on behalf of either party. So if you end up paying commission for an agent that offers none of the same services as a buyer's or seller's agent, imagine for a moment that you are selling your home. The real estate agent gets a phone call from the Internet advertisement they are running. Mr. and Mrs. Jones want to see your home. If you allow dual agency, the agent you hired will no longer represent your best interests. That's number number two. Open houses without explaining downsides. Some real estate agents love to express to their clients how fantastic open houses are as a marketing activity. This is the number one way real estate agents trick their seller clients. What they fail to tell sellers is that one of the benefits is for the agent. Some unscrupulous agents will suggest to their clients that open houses are necessary to sell your home. Folks, serious buyers always schedule showings. That's a fact. That is not fiction. With an open house, you invite many strangers into your home without knowing whether they want to buy or not. Anyone can come to an open house, and they do. Nosy neighbors, others selling homes that want to do comparisons, window shoppers, and those who are financially unqualified. Worst yet, sometimes even potential burglars are scoping out your house. These types of people are the ones that come to open houses. Open houses are magnets for crime. So why do realtors push open houses so much? Open houses can potentially be great for prospecting new buyers and new sellers. Your realtor is poaching those people that are coming into your house. And your realtor, if they're lucky, will get new clients from your open house. But they're telling you, you need the open house to sell your house. Those other sellers looking to compare may need a realtor to represent them. Agents can get business cards and business from open houses. Unfortunately, that business rarely includes actual buyers for your home that they're all walking around in because of the open house. Statistically speaking, and this is for you, Texter, 2% of all sales come from an open house. 2%. You don't need an open house to sell your home. More importantly, you don't need an agent who makes an open house the focus of their marketing efforts. Having an open house is fine as long as you know all the downsides, including burglars scoping out your crib. Number three, misleading sellers on price. This is the oldest trick in the book. Every seller wants to think that their home is worth more than it is. That's just human nature. While a good agent will give you an honest price and be willing to explain why the price is less than you hoped, a shady real estate agent will happily tell you your home is worth a lot more than any other on the block. Unfortunately, once it comes time to sell the home, no one will buy it at that unreasonable price. But now the agent has your listing and knows it's only a matter of time before you are willing to drop the price. The most significant problem in such a situation is that you will probably get less for your home by overpricing it than you would have gotten by pricing it competitively in the first place. Ooh, that's shady. An overpriced home sits on the market gaining stigma and leading buyers to assume something is wrong with it. No one bites when you drop the price to what it first should have been. They only come in after you reduce it again when it looks like too good of a deal to pass up. History shows us repeatedly that homes priced correctly from day one sell for the most money. 
You may get multiple offers over the asking price in a strong seller's market if you overprice your home, but you probably won't see any bids. Do yourself a favor and carefully examine the comparable sales of multiple agents. The comps never lie. People do. If one real estate agent is giving you pie in the sky figures, you can bet your bottom dollar they are lying to you. Take a pause, come back, and we're going to talk about the other two things that unscrupulous, shady real estate agents do when they're telling you they're acting in your best interest to help you sell your home. The truth was sure when he was will be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Congratulations, Truth listeners. You've heard me talk about the dream of owning your own home with Axe Housing, and our community is working home, making home ownership happen. Folks are working with their Axe Housing coaches to create plans and budgets, and on average, they're receiving $7,000 in grants for down payment assistance. If you're not dreaming of home ownership by now, well, you should be. You can get started on virtual orientation by clicking on the truth link at axehousing.org. That's A-C-T-S housing.org. Don't let where you are financially today get in the way of your bright future of becoming a homeowner. Axe coaches are here to help you every step of the way. That's axehousing.org. And the Black-Owned Business Give Back is back. We have again teamed up with Associated Bank to help local black businesses grow and succeed. 1017 The Truth will be giving away $6,000 worth of free commercial advertising for three months to five black businesses each quarter of this year. To sign up, just go to blackbusinessgiveback.com. We want to rebuild our community's backbone through exposure on 1017 The Truth. For official contest rules and to sign up, just go over to blackbusinessgiveback.com. Associated Bank member, FDIC. All right, we're getting back to these shady practices that are employed by some, not all, real estate agents. The one that really got me was the open house one and the dual agency. Because they get a commission. Like, if you have somebody that's representing you and then also representing, you're the seller, and you got an agent representing you, and then you got somebody representing the buyer of your house, the agent is getting a dual commission. And there's no way that they can represent your interest as the seller, but also represent the interest of the person who's trying to get your house for as little money as possible. But also agents that want you to, that allow you to overvalue or overprice your house, because then you're going to end up selling it for less because you got to drop it multiple times. Number four, saying attendance at home inspection isn't necessary. Exceptional real estate agents go out of their way to do their best for a client. A good agent must be ready and willing to represent you at all the correct times, including during the home inspection. Your listing agent should be at the home inspection representing you. Unfortunately, it is common for listing agents to skip out on the buyer's home inspection. In some areas of the country, this is prevalent. In Massachusetts, they see the listing agent at the home inspection about 60 or 70 percent of the time. That is 30 to 40% of the time the seller is not getting proper representation. Your realtor is not there to argue with the home inspector or tell the inspector how to do their job. Instead, your agent should sit quietly and listen to all aspects of the inspection to gain accurate information on the condition of your home. Home inspection issues get blown out of proportion. Buyers will often overinflate problems with your house. Sometimes home inspectors will, too, but because your agent was there, they can give you a real-world perspective on the state 
of your home. Over the years, there have been far too many times where buyers made minor problems into much more significant issues, and people have seen buyers exaggerate enough to where you would call it a lie. After the inspection, the buyer asked for a concession for a new roof. If this particular agent wasn't there to hear the inspector say the roof had years left on it, the seller might have been out of pocket thousands of dollars in paying for that concession. Be prepared to hear an excuse from a real estate agent who doesn't attend like, quote, there's too much liability for me to be present. An attorney advised me not to go. Liability is never created by real estate agents who are there to listen. Liability is established when a real estate agent tries to be a second home inspector. And number five, taking a pocket listing without explaining the downsides. The best way to sell a home is by having maximum exposure. You will get the most money when there are more people interested. A bidding war will lead to having the best terms. Some real estate agents love a pocket listing. You could fall for this shady tactic if you haven't sold a home ever or in many years. With pocket listings, the home is kept in-house. The only person who will know your home is for sale is your agent and possibly a few others in that particular office. Don't expect to get top dollar for your house when it's not presented to the masses. You want the world to know your home is for sale. To get the most money, don't fall for any real estate agent trick. Oh, there's another one here, a bonus one. Number six, over-promising and under-delivering. Even the worst agents can still be helpful as salespeople capable of spinning yarn about what they will do for you, the results they will get, and how smart it is to hire them. But a bad real estate agent will tend to fall short of those promises. Failures on the part of the wrong real estate agents often include things like poor communication skills. Your agent should be busy selling your home, so they may not be available every time you call. However, a bad agent may rarely return your calls, quickly fail to tell you about important issues with your sale, and be bad at communication. Next, promising marketing but failing to producing it. It takes more than a for sale sign and a listing to sell a home. A bad realtor may promise comprehensive real estate marketing, including a website, social media, video tours, professional photography, brochures, etc., but they only pursue just a few of those channels. Next, terrible photography and property descriptions. Today's buyers expect clear, flattering images and often professional quality video tours. The agent may say they will deliver on these things, but then you find the listing that includes shoddy pictures and poor video quality. Looking at the property description for your home looks like something a fifth grader would write. Next, unfamiliar with your market. You want an agent who knows how to sell homes in your area. These are the things a good realtor will do for their sellers. If you are selling your home, look for an agent with these qualities. Put them on your checklist and insist the agent is on board. And then I got a few more. This is a big old article. Can't read all of it. Read a few of your text messages. See who I triggered. Diane says, don't rent house. That's all she said. Don't rent house. LT said, when I lived in River Hills and there was an open house, I most definitely would do a walkthrough with no intention of buying. Some of those agents would ask me to bring cookies or cakes for them to give away to people walking through. Usually the representing agent is not there. It is someone who just got their license and needs to build up a client base. 414-865 says, so do you feel any sympathy for Mitch McConnell? Because I don't, well, I don't, I mean, I'm not a, 
vicious person. I'm not a mean spirited person. The man fell. He's in the hospital. I want him to get a speedy recovery. What do you want from me? Al says. Wrong information, bro. I don't know where you are getting your information, but you are way wrong about the open house issue. Well, we already remedied that, didn't we? And to be perfectly honest, my friend, you really should not be telling your public not to do an open house. I understand what you're saying, and some of that is true, but overall, your information is not valid. I work in the real estate industry, and I can't begin to tell you all the value of an open house. Of course you see the value as an open house as a real estate agent. You can get additional clients. I knew I'd trigger somebody. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you listening. Have a great day. Tori Lowe is up next.